Hello and welcome to this latest episode of Racing Only Better. Ahead of what is a very uncertain weekend, we have inspections at Taunton and Haydock, but that racing hopefully will get the go-ahead, so we're going to look at that, all the action on ITV. We're also going to cover a few races from Lingfield as a contingency plan for you because weather is causing havoc. We've already lost Ascot on Saturday, big loss, but anyway, we have to move on and I will be moving on swiftly with the usual gang of Tony Calvin and Kevin Blake. Let's dive straight in, guys. We're going to start with the Rossington Main, the 130 at Haydock, and come to you first for this, TC. Uh, no, this- you won't, Vanessa, because I'm going to replace TC's weather watch because this is Haydock, and it's very important that we <laughs> emphasize from the get-go, Vanessa, this is Haydock heavy, this is sluggy, sir, Sluggington. This is going to be bottomless, heavy, specialist, extreme surface. Go ahead, Tony. There you go. Off you go, TC. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be soft, as Kev said, and some. Um, we should say 8 a.m. inspection Saturday morning, so hopefully that, that passes. Um, yeah, very good renewal, even though we lost the anti-post, the early anti-post favourite rare edition at the overnight stage. Been replaced by Pembroke. Um, and there's loads of promising horses in here. We've only got seven, but there's seven really unexposed horses. Pembroke is the highest rated of the lot after a really good win under a penalty last time. Um, spoke to Nico de Boinville who rode the second in that race. He was very impressed by the winner. Said they went hard early on and he was amazed how well the uh, Pembroke stuck on. So, yeah, no surprise that's at the top of the market. You've got Chasing Fire. Um, been money around for that all week as well. Very impressive under a penalty last time. Uh, the one I like at, at the prices is pro- uh, double figure price is probably Poetic Music. Now, got the heavy ground form. Uh, so that's going to be key. Six in a Cheltenham bumper. Impressive from a dual subsequent winner first time up at Ludlow. Uh, and then was I think he was, and then she was fertile, really good horse in Lachira at Newbury. Uh, has a lot to find on the official ratings, but obviously she clearly unexposed over hurdles like a lot of these. Getting the sex allowance. Uh, if you are going to play in the race, I think Pembroke is by far the likely winner, as the betting suggests, but poetic music. Maybe you could chase that one home and even surprise at, at 12 to 1 plus. Okay, bigger price then against, as Tony's touched upon there, some very interesting and exciting types for the future. On we go to the champion hurdle trial race. This is the 205, named after the new one, of course, and we have Epitont up at the top of the betting at 4 to 7, Kevin. Now on HH ground, hey, Doc Heavy. That is no price I want to be getting involved with, with a mare like Epiton. Of course, we'd all like to see her back in a winner's enclosure. She deserves that. But on this ground, I'd be very worried about her. She's taking on the likes of I Like to Move It and Manella Drama, 11-4 to and 10-1, to respectively. So it's a funny-looking race in terms of the betting market currently. But at the top, on that ground, it's a no from me with the mare. Yeah, look, Epiton, um, Haydock Heavy, grade one penalty, four to seven. If you want to take that price, the very best of luck to you, you idiot. Um, wouldn't be for me. Um, I think there's only one option here. There's a jump out, standout bet here from even as a Jason the Militant. Um, first run for Phil Kirby, formerly trained by Henry de Bromhead. And this is a very good horse, Vanessa. This is a very good horse. Isolate his form on heavy ground, which is what his connections have always said he absolutely needs. And you will find some serious efforts in there. Flat and National Hunt. Like, I, God, I remember him I'm absolutely hammering Petit Mouchois and Durasso one day at Fairy House. And Petit Mouchois nearly won a county hurdle on his next start. 
Um, like he he's won a listed race on the flat when he's got his ground. He just they had a terrible time with him in 2022. They just couldn't get the ground for him. Like he was a non-runner like five or six times. Um, I think his connections just threw their hands up out of frustration and said, right, we're gonna sell you. We can't get your ground, so we're selling you. Changed hands for 50 grand there about about a month ago. So Phil hasn't had them all that long, but you you know, he had he ran in October, so you'd like to think he was fit enough when he got him. He's had a month to tune him up. He he loved the Haydock heavy Vanessa. He will eat the slog, love the okay. slog, and he, you can argue with Epiton having that Grade One penalty that he's the form horse. So um, like he, he's a big old price. He's a big big price. You have to take that he'll be cherry ripe on trust. But I'm happy. I'm I'm happy to jump in to trust Phil Kirby, put my faith in Phil Kirby, and hope that Jason the Militant goes very close. Okay, we're tr- putting our trust in Phil Kirby at 14 to 1 TC. If you're followers of Kevin Blake, do you agree with him? Yeah, and um, a few other people do as well because the opening 25 of the sports was cut into 14s. So There's still some 25 knocking around elsewhere, and it's a pretty uh, insulting price, really. Kevin mentioned the ratings angle. He, was a- he would actually be the form horse in here if he comes back to his best over hurdles. I mean, he's rated 158. And with I like to move it, carrying a four-pound penalty and Epiton carrying a six-pound grade one penalty, then yes. Uh, and you don't have to go back that far. It's only a couple of years. So, yeah, um, Kevin's made the case for him there. I fully concur. 25 to one's uh, uh, an insulting price if you can get that on the exchange win only. I suspect you, you'll get 20 to one plus anyway. So I think that will be fair. It's with 20 okay. guy price. Uh Made the case against Epiton, and I like to move it. They've never experienced anything as heavy as this. Yeah, We've got two other chases in here: uh, Milena Drama and Nelson. Um, Nelson, we should mention Nelson and Jason the Militant have got um, are in at Lingford on Sunday. So who knows where they're going to go? But if Jason the Militant comes here, I think he's overpriced. Um, I bet two at the eighty post stage. One's a no show, and the other one was full pleasure at sixty six to one. Uh, and that gives you some idea of the way I want to play the race. Uh, I want to be against the top two in the market. Okay. Okay. Very interesting indeed. I think a lot of people will feel the same given that penalty, given the ground, et cetera, et cetera, in regards to Epiton. Let's move on to the Peter Marsh handicap chase. This is the limited handicap. And uh, we've got Fontaine Colonge up at the top of the betting alongside Bristol Demai around the nine to four mark. And loads of people will be cheering on Bristol Demai back at his beloved Haydock with the ground that he likes at the age of 12. This will be something near his last hurrah. And if he could go out with a win, I'm not saying he's going to go out, sorry, but, you know, if he could notch up a win here, the roof really would come off at Haydock. Uh, for me, it's a bit all about sort of head and heart with Bristol Demai, but I don't want to vote against him here, Kev. And I really think he could do it. I know he's an old boy, but I think this is his chance. Uh, Bristol Demai, Vanessa, he, he's the George Foreman of the National Hunt scene. You think he's <laughs> you think he's finished. He goes off in retirement, comes back out, knocks out Michael Moore, heavyweight champion again, and then he goes makes you know brings out some uh, lean green, lean mean grilling machines. That's what Bristol. That's what that's what that's what's in store for Bristol Demai. You put his picture on a box, Vanessa. I'll buy it. Um, he's been brilliant. He's been brilliant around Haydock over the years. Um, he put up the, the best performance since Arkel, as we all know, when beating Q Card by distance. Well, in the absolutely, Best Fair Chase. Yeah. Oh, then uh, he's down to a mark of 154. He must be 50 pounds well in, wasn't he? Um, <laughs> he look, every, look I, I know a jest, but everyone knows my read in these races high class handicap chases, top weights. They're well in, lads. 
Um, and that's before the handicapper utilizes his um his his utmost generosity with these older horses, like he has with Bristol de May, um, down to 154. He, he won at um Haydock, you know, just less than a year ago off 159. Um, sorry, for, he ended up getting the race finished second on the day. Um, and look, people might look at his run in the Betfair Chase and say, well, you know, Haydock, why didn't he run better? But they, they called it officially soft that day. Time form will tell you it was actually good to soft. He's back on the HH. He's back in the slug that he absolutely loves. And Vanessa, I would love it if he winds back the clock here and goes and does it. I think he will. He's just better than all these. He has his conditions. Um, and look, this has been the most wonderful horse ever since he was a juvenile hurdler. And he deserves it, Vanessa, to have one more hurrah on ITV on a, on a pretty big stage. And I hope and think he'll go and do it. Love it. It's my heart leading the Bristol to my charge on this podcast. And Kevin brings in that level-headed facts and figures for us. It's all about Bristol to my. Please, Tony, I know you want to, but don't stick a pin in our balloon. Go on. Be nice. Be generous. <laughs> I just hope he runs for you because he's, he's another horse that's got the option of Lingfield on Sunday. And I'm just thinking that six-runner race at Lingfield, that Fleur de Lis. It's 165 grand against five rivals, so and they'll get his ground at Lingfield if that's on as well. But I think they'll probably come to Haydock because if it's on, I think they'll take the opportunity because Lingfield's in doubt as well with that uh, that weather forecast. I've really got a strong uh, opinion in the race. Um, I think you know because of this limited handicap nonsense, the likes of Black Lion, um, the 14 year old Black Lion, and Cooper's Cross are, are out of the handicap, which is a uh, it was a pretty fast ball situation, but maybe Dr. Kananga at 10 to 1 plus on the exchange. But after that Welsh national disappointment, he you know he went off 8 to 1 there to beat God knows how many rivals. And he's a bigger price here to beat, you know, five. So uh, maybe Dr. Kananga, but it's probably a race I'm not going to have a betting, to be perfectly honest. Okay, let's go on to Lingfield because this is a bit of a contingency plan because if we do lose any more racing, Haydock or Taunton or God forbid both, then it's likely that Lingfield will get a show on ITV Racing on Saturday. And if we guess right, they'll be starting with the 137, which is the 10 furlong handicap. And this is a fascinating little renewal here. You've got Paris Lights in here for George Bowie and Ryan Moore. They're teaming up a couple of times on the card with good chances. Paris Lights having a second run for... George Bowie and one on yard debut when we last saw him over the course and distance that was with Buick on board dream harder in here for James Doyle Ian Williams at four to one looking for the four timer obsidian Knight is a course and distance winner with Tom Marquanda in the saddle this time around at seven to one that's a fascinating jockey booking this is always dropping back in trip but does have good bits of form with some real all-weather specialists and then Pistoletto for the man Billy Lochnane, the seven-pound claimer who's just on this massive roll at the moment at eight to one. Um, Kev, we will start with you here because this is right up your street. Cases to be made everywhere. Low-grade all-weather racing. Take it away, please. Love these ITV contingencies, Vanessa. When everyone goes into despair when there's frost and snow and mayhem and meetings being called off, I love it because we get to see some nice. Um, we won't call it low grade, medium grade fare on the all weather. Um, yeah, this is actually I, I, compared to what I'll be talking about on Saturday night <laughs> at Wolverhampton. This is actually really top quality yeah, stuff. This, yeah, this is so, all right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love these races. Um, 
always plenty to pull out of them. Uh, you named all of them there, Vanessa Barr, the winner. Um, I like Nightmare um, for, for Tony Carroll. Um, he, look, he, he went on a bit of a lean spell there for a couple of years, but he came back there second half last year and, and won three. Um, they gave him a little bit of a break. It was his, his first break for a while. And I, I was happy with his run at Suttle. Um, made the run and got, got a decent run of it in front. And, and maybe I'm hoping it was the lack of a run that just caught him late on against Racefit rivals. And he just got, got a shade tired. But look, it's mainly a tactical angle here. Um, my read of it is that he'll get to the lead and he won't be overly pestered. He's stalled too. And that's the set of circumstances that, that shows him to best effect. He's, he's one of those. He probably needs a drop right. But I think his draw and the, the, the lack of potential pace pressure um, could add up to him getting the run of it. Um, and there was enough promise in that run last time to suggest that he can be competitive off this mark. And um, he's just about a double figure price, 10s, 12s. Um, I think that's pretty fair. And look, all being well, you, I, I think you'll know your fate pretty quick. If he's yeah. getting hassled, um, it probably won't end well. But if he's getting a nice, a nice handy sit in front, I reckon he'll hang in there for, for quite a while and hopefully he hangs in long enough to get to the winning post. Okay, like that angle. Nightbear at 10 to 1 uh, for Kevin. TC, what about you and here? Yeah, I've had a little bet on Pistoletto. <clears throat> I, it's not because of Billy Knopf name, um, although, you know, that's clearly a plus. I mean, I'm not a big fan of these claimers in early on their careers being talked up so much because we've seen it before and a lot of them you know disappear into early retirement as well but it's clearly no negative um he's on a well handicapped horse here his last win was off a mark of 92 uh, he's now aching off a mark of 80 he's been running okay i thought there was more promise in his run last time than the last of seven would suggest they didn't really kind of like go to town on him late on um, that was over a mile four. They did actually uh, enter him over two miles at Wolverhampton on Monday, and they pulled him out there, and he's back to mile two here. But you know, you know, this is a this is a horse with a a big backstory. I won't go into it here because I know we're rushed for time. But yeah, he, he just um, he's just a well handicapped horse with a with a load of course form claimer on board uh, that uh, is in the news at the moment. Yeah, I, I thought I thought he's. You know, if he's if he's a stalking ride, um, off a off a good pace, then yeah, um, eight to one's a fair price. Okay, Pistoletto for TC. On to the two twelve down over the seven furlongs handicap again, another class four, and this is a fascinating renewal of this. We've got twelve runners in here and competitive as you like, but up at the top of the market. All the King's men comes here for George Bowie. Ryan Moore again in the saddle. Interesting sort of double jockey booking there for these two more fancied horses at seven to two. And this horse having his first run in the UK from France, first run off a gelding operation. He comes here off quite the break as a result of all of that, but he's just a fascinating new recruit for the George Bowie operation. And he's such an unknown on loads of levels. And then he's taking on a horse like Poetic Force for Tony Carroll, who's a bit of a legend, the course and distance winner, a nine-year-old. We've seen so much of him. He was back to winning ways in quite cosy style when we last saw him at Lingfield over the course and distance. And he's nine to two. So differing profiles. That's just the top two in the market. Lord Rapscallion next. Um, million thanks after that. Uh, but the top two in the market, I just like this clash angle of, yeah, the unknown versus the known, the young versus the old, the newcomer versus the proven, Kev. Yeah, and look, I'm just going to go out to a bigger price, Vanessa. <laughs> I've won that we, we know much more about um, Shoot to Kill. 
Um, like, look, I think we, we know plenty about him, but, but my view is that the seven furlongs at Linkfield is probably pretty close to the Goldilocks strip for him. Um, he just, to me, I know he's, he's plenty of form over a mile, but it just, I'm not always convinced by him over it. And I think seven here suits him well. Um, Tom Marcand takes over the ride, which is a huge positive, obviously. Um, when he's taken over from pretty much anyone, I think he's absolutely brilliant. And look, I, I just could see in my mind's eye, I could just see this race going very nicely for him. Um, I have barging through stall three as the pace in the race. Um, shoot to kill likes to sit prominent. So I'm hoping barging through pings the lids and shoot to kill basically follows him and is able to peel off turning in. Um, I, I thought his run last time, you know, first run for quite a while was sufficient. You know, you're you're taking a chance that he needed it and will come on. That's the hope. He got dropped two pounds. Um, look, he's, he's back to his last winning handicap mark. I think if he gets as smooth a run through as I'm seeing in my mind's eye, um, I think he'll run very well at kind of 16 to 1 or that. So that'll do for me. Oh, God, loads of boxes tick for shoot to kill. You make a very compelling case, Kev. Um, I'm a compelling what, type of fellow, Vanessa. You are. You said that with real conviction. <laughs> uh, what about you, TC? Can you, can you match that level of conviction, please? Yeah, from a compelling to a repellent character. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I can wholeheartedly agree with uh, with Kevin Shoot to Kill, and I've also backed it already. Um, I hope you have. said, uh, Mark Hines actually sat on the horse before, albeit many moons ago, but he's an interesting booking, and I think he's, I think they'll go forward from stall one, and I do like the trainer. Um, he's not on everyone's radar, but he can land a touch. He's, uh, he knows the time of day. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so shoot to kills one, and the other one secret strength. Unfortunately, uh, the early sixteens went into uh, the early twenties went into sixteens to fourteens to tens. He's now eights. Um, so I think this ship might have sailed there. But I think you'll probably you'll probably drift out again. These early market moves, um, you know, tend not to be uh, you know for that much weight of money. But yeah, um, ran really well last time on his first start for for a while. Um, slowly away went down the inside and you know it just shaped as if uh you know it would really kind of like bring him on hopefully the early money's correct because uh like i said i think he's got really good chance he's got good course good course form if he comes back to his uh ascot second uh where he just nearly got to uh, an all-the-way winner uh yeah i think secret strength is is very interesting the only negative is um, the, the cheap pieces he's wore for a load of good performances at the end of last season aren't on here, but you know they weren't on when that good uh, that promising return at uh, at the course uh, on New Year's Eve, I think it was. Um, they weren't on there, so yeah. Okay. Um, shoot to kill and secret strength are the two that uh, I have backed against the field. Okay, away from the top view in the market. Thanks very much, boys. On to the 247, back over the 10 furlongs. This is the Winter Oaks Phillies Handicap. It's a Class 2 event and it's ultra competitive. We've got Al Agalia up at the top for Simon and Ed Crisford at 6-5. to five. This horse really on the improve has got a hike in the weights since winning over the course and distance when we last saw her. Um, she looks like we haven't seen her the best of her by a long way yet, but she's got to take on the likes of Morgan Ferry for the Haggis team, who's got this excellent all-weather record and steps back up in trip over the 10 furlongs again. Um, Purple Ribbon for Charlie Fellows has a decent draw, 5-1. to one. And then further down, you've got the likes of Tequila Mockingbird, for, again, Charlie Fellows at 14s. And my nap is in here, but I'm going to save it. 
I'm going to keep everyone on the edge of their seat and wait to deliver that at the end of the show and instead go over to Kev here. Who do you fancy of these fillies? I want to move away from the horse at the top of the market because I think she's the wrong price. Um, I don't mind Allegalia. Um, look, I think she'll probably be tough to beat. But like you say, she's short enough, Vanessa. And I'm taking a right out swing here on uh, the horse named after our, our great pal, Hugh Cal, uh, the Flying Ginger, um, at uh, basically a million to one. I think she's, she's more like 50s, but she might be a million to one on the day. <laughs> um, it's primarily because she's six pounds out of the handicap and that puts a lot of people off, justifiably so in many cases. But look, this mayor has, has really fallen quickly in the weights. Um, she was rated as high as 89 um, last May. She's down to 72 now. She essentially runs off 78. Um, but look, I loved her run at Soda last time. It was the first her first ever run in the all weather, which is kind of mad. Uh, for one with her mileage, but she ran an absolute stormer. Look, her very best form is when she's making the running. She pinged the lids that day. You say, okay, drive on, make the running like you normally do. No, took a pull um, back to back to the rear of the field um, and got terribly outpaced in the straight. Look, a mile was always likely to be too sharp, but she really rocketed home late on. She really powered through the, the final 100 yards, hit the line hard. Um, lots of encouragement to take from it. Um, she's back up to 10 furlongs. Um, I don't see any other leader in the race spare her. I think Allegalia will be happy to sit prominent, but not necessarily make the running. So I'm hoping and praying that the Flying Ginger pings the lids again. But this time, Franny Norton says, go on, you good thing, and uh, secures the lead, steadies it up in front, and, um, and boots for home. And look, it might be asking a bit much for her to win, but I think there's, there's plenty of reason to like her. And it wouldn't be a shock at all if she hit the frame. And you never know, Vanessa, when you're in the mix, things can happen. You can have 50 to 1 winners. And I think there's a, a, good, a good, honest case to be made for the flying ginger. So she'll do for me. Love it. Taking a massive swing. What about you, TC? No, I think roles are reversed here, actually, because um, <laughs> I, I think the favourite will take a lot of beating. And I think 2.3 on the exchange. Uh, and six to five in the sports, so she's probably not a bad price. She's the kind of horse that I normally kind of always field against. Very impressive last time. Nobody missed it. Up 11 pounds. You know, arguably a more competitive race, even if the two horses she beat last time actually reopposed here. Um, but no, I thought she was like devilishly impressive there. Um, running wasn't a great time performance, but it, it, it was a very good time performance the time before at Kempton, uh, where she made all. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, and I think a mark of 90, although, you know, she has gone up, just have a look at the breeding. Yeah, I think the, the progression in alliance with, with the breeding, um, she's by Lope de Vega out of a, a group two winner, the second in the Duke of Cambridge, uh, Lamour de la Vie. Um, yeah, I just think everything points to her being above this grade. Uh, and I suspect... I suspect she's going to win and take the world a beating. I hope, hopefully, you know, Kev's horse, um, you know, does get an early lead. Ella Galia can do. Um, at a pinch in the past when she ran over hurdle, uh, ran on the flat, has got, also, you know, always a front runner, but has been run over hurdle. So maybe she won't be kind of like as sharp as she was back then after after those uh, National Hunt exploits of late. But yeah, uh, okay. very boring, but... I do think this is a favourite uh, that will win. It's not often we hear TC 
loading up on the favourite. I feel dirty. I feel dirty. Yeah, I bet you do. Um, right, 322 TC, do you want to just give a quick word for this? Five furlong, silky wilky at the top, two to one for the Carl Burke operation. The bell conductor, Paul Midgley, Paul Mulrennan, four to one. Strong power, uh, nine to two off the back of a decent run when last seen at Christmas time. Lord Ridderford will put his best foot forward, 11 to two for the John Quinn operation. Stone of Destiny in there at eight for Mick Appleby. Uh, bigger prices, the rest, essentially. Uh, just a quick word from you here, TC. Yeah, everyone saw um, how the how the silky rookie form against Anaf is, is working out. Anaf winning again at Kempton on, on Thursday night. So no surprise to see that's heading the market. But if you are forgiving of a forgiving nature and you have to be very forgiving, I think Stone of Destiny 8-1 to one in this grade of a mark of in the low 80s is, is worth a go. Uh, now, it was bought by... Matt Taylor, ex of time form, you know, very, very successful punter. Um, he was bought him for 30 grand uh, last year. Uh, he had three sighters on the on the all-weather at Suffolk. Uh, I think he, you know, and he actually gone up, he actually run well there and has gone up for one of those. But I think the return to Lingfield is 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 quite eye-catching. Uh, one of his better efforts when with Andrew Boarding previously. Uh, was behind Catchy at Lingfield. So, yeah, I, I think he could do some damage there. Obviously, everyone knows him. You know, he's he figures highly on everyone's cliff horses. But Matt Taylor brought War of Heaven from Andrew Balding. Didn't do much in the first four starts uh, for, for Mick Appleby. Uh, has won his last two starts after getting his eye in. Maybe yeah. on his fourth start back at Lingfield, uh, it's the time to catch Stone of Destiny for the first time since probably about 2012, isn't it? <laughs> right okay that about wraps up uh the show obviously we have been beholden to cancellation abandoned meetings and obviously taunton and haydock have those inspections so i just hope and pray we get a good uh weekend of racing and before we sign off of course we need naps from everyone i am going with an each way shout with aiming high at 16 to 1 in the uh winter oaks handicap the 247 at lingfield the david simcock course for me to place she's got a wide enough draw but um i hope she'll be able to run into a place and outrun her 16 to 1 odds so she is my nap to finish in the first three um tc we'll come to you next please your nap yeah um worried about haydock and taunton being on so i'm going to play safe well yeah safe as you can be with seven furlong handicap i'm going to dutch um so split my stakes on shoot to kill and secret strength uh, hopefully secret strength we settle a bet for SP anyway so hopefully uh, secret strength after being back from 20s to 8s with the sportsbook early doors will drift out and piss up but yeah okay. secret strength and shoot to kill Okay. Imagine Dan, imagine Dan Barber was with us when the, when the mention of Dutch was made. <laughs> it would have been yeah. an absolute certainty to wheel out his accent. <laughs> what yes. if he would have napped if he was uh, on this show? Uh, I don't would know. You remember? What would he have napped? <laughs> toothless? Yes, Toothless, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. yeah Toothless yeah. up at Haydock. Um, there you go. Uh, if only we'd done this show with Dan. Funny that. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> go on. Sorry, sorry. Kev, go on, watch your nap. Right. I, my, my first preference will be Jason Militant, win only, at Haydock. Um, but if that is Kai Bosch, which it probably will be, um, I'll go win and place on the Flying Ginger at Lingfield, please. Oh, wow. 
Big old price. Love it. Okay, well, you need some help on the naps table, as do I, Kev. Massively uh, so. Yeah, bad times. But anyway, um, look, guys, thank you, as always, for your contributions. Thank you, viewers and listeners, as always. Have a good weekend. Gamble responsibly. Avail of the offer on that Betfair has on the sportsbook. Bet 10, get 10 on racing multiples. But do read the T's and C's in the show's description if you are going to do that. But for now, have a good weekend. Enjoy, and let's hopefully have some racing. <laughs>